Today we're going to be talking about scaling, and the best way that I can think of to explain what we mean by scaling is to use an example. Uh, a great example is microscopy. Like you can't imagine speaking to anyone in the neuroscience field, any serious neuroscientist, and have them say, microscopy, like that's way too complicated. We can't have a microscope in our lab. That's like where you have to learn how to grind lenses yourself and do all these complicated things, right? It's ridiculous. Every lab has a microscope. So it's a process or a tool that's very well scaled. And it's a little bit of a silly example because microscopes have been around forever. But on the other hand, it's not because what changed is not people. People didn't get smarter. The tool got easier to use. When you take a, a, a photo with a microscope, you capture an image with a microscope, it's very commonly accepted that you can digitize that data and share it with other people, submit it to a journal paper or email it to your friend, right? There's the JPEG format, for example. There's all these digital data formats. And so in neuroscience, in the past, there really hasn't been an equivalent for, for data sharing. And Adrian spends some time really talking and thinking about what that means. How do you capture, you know, it's not an image, we're not dealing with image, we're dealing with very complicated disparate data and very large data sets. So what does it mean to have a standard, a data standard that everyone can use? And Adrian has some really interesting thoughts about that that get us thinking about what we need to do to support data standardization and sharing in order to support scaling. So there are many initiatives, you know, out there, very interesting. Uh, I was actually at one of the first meetings that uh, defined the standard called now NWB for Neural yep. Data Without Borders. Uh, and I think that now this format is going to be established as, as one of the standards. Uh, the INCF, International Network for Computational uh, Bioinformatics, I think, uh, just endorsed this format last week. Uh, the Calvi Foundation has been funding a lot of initiative around this five format. The Allen Institute actually done a lot of work, and many labs actually have adopted this five format from human recordings to you know uh, rodent recordings. So it seems that there is really a momentum uh, you know uh, around this file format now, and it's really interesting because this, the, the, the question or it's, it's a complicated question, right? So the data itself uh, are very different from one experiment to the other. Uh, and, and just the, not only the recordings, uh, the different types of electrodes, different types of, you know, of, uh, of configuration, different types of data, but also you have to add uh, to it all the different types of data that are simultaneously recorded, such as behavior, of course, like, you know, the, 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 the features of the task. So how do you come up with a way to, like, put together all this information, you know, all this information in a single file format. But I think NWB somehow managed to do that. And, uh, and this is very interesting. When you start knowing some of the neurons by heart, you know that it's time to actually put, take this data set and put it on the side and give it to someone else. It's like, right. no. It's, and, 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 and there are so many reasons why we should, we should all do that. Because first of all, you'll never have the time and the resource and the ideas to actually um, analyze these data sets comprehensively. It's impossible. I think a lot of people, when they look at this topic of scaling, they probably think we meant scaling up to higher channel count probes. And to some extent we do. I think that that's where this technique is going in the long term. If you think about how many neurons there are, you need hardware that matches that number of neurons. And so Kerry sort of amplifies on this imaging example that we talked about. So look at the world around you. No one would imagine looking at that world with all the visual complexity in this scene and reducing it down to, you know, 256 pixels. 
16 by 16 pixels, as Kerry talks about. It's just not a useful and ultimately useful tool to look at the world that way. So as an example, this video that we're shooting, it's four kilopixels, right? In other words, uh, roughly 4,000 on a side, 2,000 on another side. We've got like 80,000 pixels in this, in this frame. And that's logical. That makes sense. That much data for a world that this, that's complex visually like this. And so Kerry points out, look, neuroscience is really complicated. We're getting at neural structures that have tons of little neurons that are interconnected and talking to each other. And you need to have the hardware to match that. So here's the thing. If you have, if you think about how information technology has changed, can you imagine taking a, a 16 by 16 pixel little video image and saying, oh, if you know exactly where to put that camera, you can actually transmit whatever important video information you wanted. Now imagine the problem of surveillance and having them say, yeah, you know, we now have high definition. We now have satellites that can fly over mega resolution. Oh, but there's so much data and we actually aren't optimal in how we're handling it. And there's so many different dimensions. You know what? Let's go back to 16 by 16 pixels. No, of course you do that. One of the worries or concerns people have when they think about really high density, high channel count neural probes is what do you do with all that data? So if you're recording from thousands or hundreds of thousands of cells, what do you do on the back end to analyze that data? And Carrie's answer is, what a great problem to have. Give that to me. So if there's information to be gleaned, first of all, at the experimental point of view, get the information you can. We're still at largely observational uh, uh, levels of experimentation that then start to formulate models that then lead to hypothesis-driven research. We don't always know where to point the camera. And even when we think we do, we're often wrong. So collect the data. I want to have the problem of too much data because data science is now all about dimensionality reduction. It's all about being able to go in and reduce that space into, into the patterns that count the most. So back to the camera, here we are shooting high resolution digital video. And you know what? The software people figured out how to deal with that and how to deal with all the data. And Kerry's point is, so will we, if we have the underlying data set, either now or next week or next year, we're going to figure out tools and methods to analyze under all that data. So don't throw it away now, get the data that you can, and then let's build the tool sets and scale them up to support all this data that we're gathering. So for us as a company, what that tells us is, look, we're not just a hardware company, we are also an algorithm and a software company, and we have to have and develop and find and grow the methods to perform analytics and to support all that data that we're generating, all the neural data. Aaron uh, has some really interesting things to say about his role as an academic researcher. And one of the things that we can't forget for Aaron and for many people like him is that there's an important educational component also, that they are not just scientists, but they are also training scientists. And so what the heck does this mean in the context of scaling? So my objective function is, is not to generate uh, the best science. Okay. It's to generate the best scientists and the best scientists. Right. Which is very different. So, so I, my, my, most of my time is not uh, in, in, in getting the best science out of the lab. 
uh, is actually investing in the people, which is why actually I don't take postdocs. Uh, that's why we have uh, PhD students in the lab because I feel that uh, if you uh, uh, come to the, a lab like this uh, at, at the time of the PhD, you can get all the tools that I think, not, not, not physical tools, conceptual tools or, or, or uh, uh, intellectual tools, uh, that can generate uh, a, a good scientist. So I, I don't use my time to to write papers uh, myself, which might be much smarter from a tenure and a, a no career point of view. I actually spend most of my time in in tutoring the the people. What I hear Aaron saying here, in in one sense, is that we can't lose all the fun and teaching when we scale up these tools. Now, to me. There are certain things that are not that much fun. Soldering is not fun, right? And even for a new uh, graduate student, we really don't need to imagine a world where they have to be soldering connectors onto hardware. And so to me, that's really ha- low-hanging fruit. That is not a, um, a valuable learning experience in any real sense of the world, and it slows everything down. So that's an example of something, in my opinion, that can go. But there are plenty of things that are really part of the experience, doing the surgery, really ha- being hands-on and doing the surgery. So there, the task for us becomes making it simpler. And that's not necessarily in conflict with what Aaron's saying. In fact, I think that the more simple you make this surgery, the more likely you are, for example, to have undergrads or less trained people um, doing a surgery or doing multiple surgeries. So really... His sort of vision for what might be lost when you scale up this technique uh, and our vision of how we can do it are not necessarily as much in conflict as you might think listening to his concerns. Again, he talks about data. So you'll notice he says that only roughly 40% of their time is spent on wet works, meaning the surgery and handling the hardware and the implantation, et cetera. The other 60% or so being on analytics and analysis and you know, uh, writing journal papers and proposals and things like that. And so I think this is, again, really important um, in our notion of what it means to scale, how to make that whole process easier and uh, more reproducible and shareable, that it's not just about hardware, it's not just about surgeries, but again, it's about data analysis and streamlining software. I think one main uh, bottleneck uh, or one thing that is taking a lot of time is yes, it's to build the probes, it's to implant the animals, it's to train the animals in terms of behavior. Uh, it, so these kinds of things, uh, all the wet part of our work is approximately 40% of the, of the work of a PhD student. Approximately 60% of the work is, uh, 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 or no, maybe 10% is on the side, but maybe 50 to 60% is data analysis. It's to actually, uh, be able to to uh, uh, not not only analysis uh, uh, modeling and uh, and uh, 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 experimental uh, design, but it's it's work with a computer or or a pen and a paper. If you had asked me eighteen months ago what scaling meant for our company, how to increase sort of the prevalence and use and impact of these tools, these neuroscience tools, I think I would have focused mostly on hardware. And I think the real eye-opener for us in talking to a lot of customers has been the importance and the emphasis also, not just on that, but also on analytics and software. And so we are developing software. It's a very important thrust for us over the next six to 12 months 
making software that's really able to manage all this data that's being produced as we scale up the hardware also. And finally, completely unexpectedly, I think an emphasis on understanding how these tools are used, not just as basic science tools, but as training for a next generation of scientists and making sure that sort of the fun and the teaching that's inherent now in the procedure is still maintained when we have a scaled reproducible tool. So I think we've really just scratched the surface today on scaling. I think there's a lot more to discuss on the topic of scaling, and we'd love to hear from all of you on that topic. 